All right, go ahead and grab a seat, you guys, and welcome again to Redstone Church. It's really, really great to be here. Uh, summer is quickly wrapping up and coming to a close, and so we're quickly moving toward the fall. And so with that, uh, we have been in Jonah all summer, and it's been really, really great to celebrate with the kids and, and all those types of things. I'm, I'm, I'm actually missing Jonah a little bit, but it's time to turn a page and start something new. And so with fall and and with the start of community groups, a kind of our rhythm or our kind of annual calendar is to really pivot and start to think about what community is. And so for the next five weeks, we'll be talking about community. Like, what is this thing? What is this word? Uh, this, this word, And what does it mean to us, especially in a church context? So for the next five weeks, we'll be talking about community and what the community is actually able to or supposed to be doing. And what we've kind of, uh, because the community does a lot of stuff, but for the next five weeks, we're going to use this phrase that we are to be uh, like a, a culture of care. All right. So that's kind of the phrase. That's the terminology. That's where we're going to just hang our hat or our coat or whatever you hang up in these days. All right. But that's, that's kind of the phrase is that we are to be a culture of care. All right. So my name is Spencer and I need you. That's kind of the point, is that I need you. Whoever you are and whatever your journey is, I need you. And whatever you have to offer to me or to our community or to the person you're sitting next to or even your neighbor that you may or may not know, I need you. This week, I've been struggling with suspicion. For whatever reason, you know, distrust has fallen into my heart. And so there's just, whether circumstances or issues, and so in my heart, there's just this suspicion or this, this doubt that's in my heart. And so I continue to look at what the suspicion is or this distrust in my heart, and I go, where did this come from? And it's dawning on me that I don't need to necessarily handle it myself, but really need you guys to help purge that out of my heart. And so as frustrated as I was, at one point, I found myself rear end in the air, ripping out weeds in a garden that I, don't, that I didn't even plant, right? And I'm just ripping out weeds, and I'm frustrated, and my mother drives up. And she's like, what are you doing? Like, weeding out distrust from my heart? I mean, this is true. I mean, this is what comes out. I said, isn't honesty beautiful? And she's like, what have you been? Have you been to like a monastery or something? Why are you talking like a crazy man? And it's true. I became a crazy man. Just one like inkling of distrust in my heart. And I just became a totally different person. But it's not just suspicion in my heart or distrust in my heart. It's the idea that I have no idea what it's like to raise teenagers at all. Like, I can raise kids, right? I, we've been raising kids, you know, forever, it seems like. And so the diaper stage and the talking stage, and I mean, you, you give me a toddler, I know what to do. But now that raising, like, real adults, I don't have the fuckiest idea what in the world I need to be doing with these people that are about to be people. You know what I mean? And so some of you understand this. And some of you have actually been there. And so in my, like, like worry about what I'm doing or whether I'm doing it wrong, I'm going to need you to come alongside me and Nicole and us to help us figure this out. I could go on and on kind of confessing my sins to you and declaring to you that, you know, I've got issues. I've got problems. I am a mess. And I'm going to need 
And we're going to need each other to either hold up a mirror to kind of share, you know, to kind of let us know who we really, really are. Or we need someone to kind of walk alongside, someone just to befriend us and to love us. And that's kind of the vision for the next five weeks is what it would mean, like really mean for us to be a community of care. And one of my darkest moments, not darkest as in like sin, but just frustrated, anxiety, just, uh, just worry, just, I mean, couldn't sleep, those kinds of things. I still remember two faces from that season of time. One says, I'll be there. Whatever you need, I'll be there. And the other was there and just kind of showed up and said, hey, you want me to make breakfast? I'm like, uh-huh. I do. <laughs> just make breakfast, right? And so those two moments, and they don't even know who they are or where, what, kind of what they played, but I could go back to those moments and say, I'll be there, and someone who was actually there. And I just I cherish those kinds of moments and, and those times and places where we actually need one another. We're going to need other people's voices to step in to those kinds of places. And so we're going to talk about what it means to be a community, and not just how to but how to truly have a, a community of, of care. And so that's where, that's where we're going to go. This is a key moment of our history as Redstone. I mean, we started not with like a, like a Sunday morning experience. We didn't start with like some kind of major mission, like where we're going to reach the city and invite people in. Instead, we started in a living room. Very small, just a living room, just seats and couches and those kinds of things. And we learned how to live with one another. And we learned how to worship with one another. And we learned how to eat with one another. And then we learned how to confess our sins with and to one another. And we did this not because we liked it, but we knew and we were convicted that this was the best thing for us. And so this is how this church started, was in this moment where we took community very, very seriously. And this is where we're going to go for the next five weeks. And so if you are an isolation, isolationist, right, if you really are a loner, if you're kind of an independent person, the next five weeks are going to make you squirm just a little bit, and that's okay. All right, we don't want to apologize for it. But just know if you're a little bit of a, of a loner or if you're a little bit independent or stubborn or those kinds of things like, I'm not going to give my life. I'm not going to open up to anybody. You know, those kind of things. That's okay. All right, we've all been there, right? And uh, am I standing too close? Am I standing in the wrong spot? Is it me? I'm the problem here. And I'm the problem in this relationship. Um, so, here, let me try to get out of the sweet spot. Ho, ho. All right. Um, but that's, that's where we are. Uh, but uh, if you're a loner, just stick with us. Stay for five weeks. Come, those kinds of things. Because here's what the world has been telling us, is that you are connected we live in the most connected generation that's ever been, right? You can get online and talk to someone in Indonesia that you've never met right now. Like, pull up your phones. Let's do it. Let's talk to someone from Pakistan. You could do it. I mean, you really, really could do it. We are the most connected. And yet, the more connected that we are, the studies are showing that we're more and more and more lonely. And we're actually more and more disconnected. So being just around people is not the case actually walking alongside one another, actually being in this culture of care, that's really where we are, and that's kind of the heartbeat of, of what we're going to do. And so that's, that's it. We're living in a connected world, and yet so many of us are disconnected. All right, so let's open up to our, our Bibles. You've got it also in your worship guide. John 13 printed there for you, I believe. 
You know, so John 13, I'm kind of like Jerry. Wow, I'm going blind up here. Good thing for the lights. Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm serious. I'm like, wow, did those letters get smaller? We're going to start in verse 31 and following. This is John chapter 13, verses 31 and following. And when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified. Strange phrase, but that's okay. Let's keep going with it. Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him, which is Jesus. Verse 32. If God is glorified in him, that him, that pronoun is Jesus. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him, which is Jesus, in himself, which is the Father. And glorify him at once. Verse 33. Little children. He's talking now to his disciples. Little children. Yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. You will look everywhere and try to find me. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews. This is not a secret. I've been broadcasting this to a lot of people. And just as I've said to the Jews. So now I also say to you. These are the people that are standing. These are the most intimate people that he says to themselves. And I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I'm about to depart. I'm about to go someplace. You're not going to be able to follow me. You've been following me to Galilee and then back to Judea, up to Galilee, to Capernaum, back down to Jerusalem. You've been following me, but I'm about to go to a place in which you cannot go. Then verse 34, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another, just as I have loved you. And also, you are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, for you have to love one another. And that's today's passage. Is the idea is that we are to love one another. We're going to talk about three things this morning. Three things is number one is just this idea of the meaning of what this new commandment is. And so we're just going to talk a little bit about the meaning, the context. We'll get our lexicons, those kinds of things. But just understand, just nuts and bolts, black and white, what does it mean to love one another? Uh, the second thing we're going to learn is that Jesus had to leave. And this is a strange moment to kind of give away a new mandate. But the idea that Jesus actually has to depart in order to sink this new commandment into our hearts and into our lives. That's interesting. And then the third thing that we're going to learn is this idea of warning against self-love. All right, so there's a, there's a, even though it's not implicit in this, in, this, uh, in this passage, there is this warning that self-glorification or self-love actually is the thing that might hurt us the most. And so that's why we're pushing you toward, uh, toward community is because we know that self-love is truly a harmful thing to you. And so let's jump in, can we? All right, so what does it mean to, have, to, for, to, to love one another? Um, this, is, this is new, all right? Jesus says here, we're going go to go from the bottom up to the top. He says, verse 34, a new commandment that I give to you. And what is this commandment? All right, so if you were in Camp Redstone, all right, and you can read right now, you've got your little worship guide. What does it say here? All right, a new commandment I give to you. And what is the new commandment? Anyone? Love one another. Okay, makes sense? All right, we're going to try this one more time. All right, a new commandment that I give to you. There's a hard comma there. That, what is the new commandment? That you love one another. This is a new commandment, and yet this is not very new at all. 
right? Jesus has been asked this question before. All right, teacher, what is the two greatest commandments? That you love God and that you love others as yourself. And so this isn't, this isn't new at all, is it? And yet Jesus calls it new. Why is it new? It's new because now Jesus is in play. It's new not because the command is new. It's that the, the identification of or the center motive of this, of this command is brand new. It's centered on Jesus. What makes this command new is that Jesus is now a part of the, uh, of the equation. You can now look back into history and look to Jesus, and he is quantifying what it means to love one another. Make sense? And so this is what it means, this new commandment. And Jesus is not supposed to like mess with these types of things. You remember in your Old Testament where commandments came from? Moses goes up Mount Sinai. He meets with God. God writes with his finger, like on a tablet of stones, ten commandments. These are not things you should be monkeying with. And yet Jesus comes and he says, I'm going to come with a new covenant. And I have no problem coming with a new commandment that you love one another. It sounds simple, doesn't it? That doesn't sound like mind-blowing. And yet Jesus goes on to qualify that this is how you're going to be known as your disciples is that you love one another. Three times, two verses. He says, love one another. This repetition is important, that we are to love one another. And how do you love one another? Very practically, you just take a step toward them. You integrate into your, their lives. You actually walk in. You do as Jesus says. Remember, in our context is this idea of fellowship. Where I'm going Right Where I'm going, Jesus says, you can't follow me because I'm about to ascend into heaven and you're going to be walking around without me to follow. So there's, there's, there's you know, duck and ducklings. And this is how it's been for three whole years. And Jesus says, that is about to stop. And how you are going to, to, to note that you're my disciples, that you're going to have to love one another. This is new because Jesus is now the model or he is the make of this new commandment to love one another three times. Here's where, what I have circled in my passage. I've got some things underlined, but this is what I've got circled. And a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. And he says this three times. Just as I have loved you, so he is the model here. This is everything is hinging on him. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. Remember 1 John 3.16, right? Not John 3.16, but 1 John 3.16. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. 1 John 3.16 goes like this. This is how you will know what love is. All right, we are about to define what love is. That Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. This is the definition definition, but this is also just the make and the model. This is how we example it, is that, we, that Jesus Christ laid down his life. But do you know what the second part of that passage is? In the same way, brothers and sisters, lay down your life for one another. 
in the same way that you've seen Jesus and he has outpaced you and you've seen him actually give up his life over and over and over. In the same way, brothers and sisters, if you're going to walk toward love and you're going to walk toward one another, it is a part, of, is part and parcel of self-sacrifice. You have to lay down your life for one another. And so now you understand why it's a new commandment. Now you understand why it's getting a little bit of flesh, right, and color to the bones of a very old command because we see Jesus model this, example this. He actually does this for us as he sacrifices his whole life for us. And this, this is how the world will know. The thing that I have circled in my scripture is that not just as I have loved you, love one another, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. This word, this, I've circled. By this. Your church building? By this. They will know you are my disciples. Awesome equipment? By this. They will know that you are my disciples. Trendy, cool. By this, they will know that you are my disciples. If you follow after me in the ways in which I went, even when I am gone and you have no one to follow, this is when the world will know and this is when the world will stop on a dime and go, that's different, that's new. This commandment of community, of loving one another, to step toward one another. Be careful before you do it. Be careful before you cross that line because this is a call to self-sacrifice. In the same way that Jesus lays down his life for us, we too are to lay down our lives for one another. Jesus modeled that for us over and over and over, that you are to love one another. And this idea of one another's, to love one another, is expressed. And the New Testament um, writers, they took this theme of loving one another, and they went crazy with it. Our entire New Testament is filled up with all kinds of one another's. And I just thought it would be interesting to kind of read through the, uh, some of these. And so I will, um, if you remind me, Seth, if you don't remind me, for, don't let me forget, I will email you a PDF that we've been looking at at the shop. And just this, this little PDF. But let me just read a few of these one another's. How do you love one another? Number one, be at peace with one another. Okay? That's important, right? To be at peace with one another. Number two, how do you be with one another? All right, so again, why is this example new? It's because we now have Jesus who has modeled this, who is example for us. Number two is don't grumble among one another. Okay, now we can understand why it's new because I grumble all the time. But now to be a part of this new community, don't grumble among one another. John 6, 43, be of, of, same, of the same mind with one another. Accept one another. Wait for one another before uh, the Eucharist. Don't bite, don't devour, do not consume one another. 
Don't challenge or envy one another. Gently, patiently tolerate one another. Be kind, be tender-hearted, be forgiving to one another. Bear with and forgive one another. Seek good for one another. Do not repay evil for evil. Don't complain against one another. Confess your sins to one another. You want me to keep going? Okay, I will, I will. All right, here we go. Love one another. We see that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different times. To, through love to serve one another to tolerate one another in love, to greet each other with a kiss of love, right? Thank you, Nicole. I will just quote this one a lot, all right? First Peter 5, that was funny, all right? Got to greet each other with a kiss. I'm not kissing you, Colin. Um, be devoted uh, to one another in love, all right? And here we go. Let's keep going. Wash one another's feet. To give preference to one another in honor. Don't be haughty. Be of the same mind. Serve one another. Be subject to one another. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. Clothe yourselves in humility toward one another. This is how they will know that you are my disciples. This is the definition. This is the meaning of this new command. This idea that we are to lay down our lives for one another. And all of those practical ways in which we do it. I will say... As the Christian community, we're not great at these types of things. We're full of self-love and self-exaltation. I don't know how many times we wake up each morning thinking how we can dive into to truly do this new commandment, to love one another, to walk alongside one another, whether it's easy or not, whether I like it or not. And that's the thing you need to understand about this new command. And this new command that I give you, Jesus says, that it's a command. This is not whether you feel like it. This is a command that needs to be obeyed. This is either a, either yeah or no. This is whether we do it or not. This is a command that needs to be followed and obeyed. This is not about my feelings. This is not whether it's it's convenient or not. It's not whether I like him or her or not or them or not. This is how an entire generation will know that you are my disciples. Is that when I'm gone, you're still going to be acting and looking like me. This is for Jesus. This is like so humanistic. I mean, I just, I can't believe some of the words that are in this paragraph. The idea that I'm gone. They're no longer going to be looking to me or at me because I'm going to be gone. And so where will their face, the entire world, where will their faces be pointed? Where will the focus of their attention be? On you acting like Jesus. That will change your life if you let that sink in. Is that you are other people's Jesus to other people. That should scare you to death and you should feel great honor. That that is the type of privilege and power that God has bestowed onto you. And this is why it's a new command. It's because you and I have a really hard time following this one. Or obeying this one. For five weeks, we're going to try to lift us up to encourage us, to embolden us, to say, this is not just something like that God has put on our plate to, to, uh, to, to 
weigh us down or to burden us or make it heavy. This is not some legalistic mandate that God in heaven just trying to to stifle us and, and those types of things. Instead, Jesus tells us that if it's from him and if he is going to model it for us, Jesus is saying this is how you are going to flourish. This is how you're going to find life. This is how you are going to enjoy life. This is how you're going to find meaning by this thing right here, that this is my command. Jesus is going to soak up all of the attention in the room. And all of, all of, we, all of us are going to look at Jesus as, as he modeled us. And our eyeballs are going to be like, okay, how did you do it, Jesus? How did you do it, Jesus? We're just going to continue to read our scriptures over and over and over. Like, how did you lay down your life so we are going to be consumed with how he lived and these one another's so that we are consumed by that thing? There's a lot of things that are grabbing our attention in this world. A lot of things that are just veering us a different way. Nicole and I were at a very expensive restaurant. It was one of those restaurants that had, uh, we were sitting kind of on kind of a balcony type thing and we were overlooking the Blue Ridge Mountains. It was one of those places where it was beautiful and gorgeous and amazing. And we got there about six o'clock, 6.30, 7 o'clock, somewhere in there. And you could see the sun set. And so we're all like just looking over this balcony at the Blue Ridge Mountain. We're like, we live here. We live here. It's amazing. It's just so great and so beautiful. And look at the colors and the Blue Ridge. Oh, this is so good. And so we're just kind of mesmerized and we're just whatever. And then there's more couples and we just continue just to kind of gather some people. And we're not talking to them, but we're all kind of just mesmerized at this thing, like transfixed at this look. And we just kind of, oh, that's awesome. But then I notice that behind us, right, there's the bar is behind us. And there's some rowdies over there, and they're, just, they're having a great time. And I think it was like the NBA or NFL or draft or something like this. And so there was just as much commotion over there, if not more, staring at this TV and like the NFL draft or something. And I kept going, no, 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 no. Y'all, the beauty's over here. Like, the, the beauty's here. And I remember being so like heart, like heavy heart. I started journaling and write, I wrote a poem on just like how the TV is stealing our, my soul, right? And that is, I know, I don't, I'm not gonna share it with any of y'all. Um, I'm just, I can't believe that's coming out, but this is, this is coming. Like I'm writing poetry, like I can't believe it. There is a better affection. There's something greater out there, right? And so this is what's happening is there's like these two worldviews going on. And so as a community of believers, we just have to be careful at what we stare at, right? And what Jesus is telling us here is look at my example and how I laid down my life. Because there are going to be people, as you are looking to me, there are going to be people looking at you and to you. And that's an unbelievable privilege, an unbelievable power. And it really could change the world forever. Jesus says, I've, I've got to go. So we're going backwards here. Little children, in a little while, I'm with you. And you seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you where I'm going.